Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. This week, it's 101 Dalmatians from 1996. So, let's see what we think. Alice. Mm-hmm. Loads of Dalmatians. Oh, my days. So 101 many. Dalmos for days. Dalmos for days, mate. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dalmatian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is 101 Dalmatians from 1996 so spoiler warnings if you haven't seen it at home um, Alice you picked this one so mm. I mean most people are going to know what it's about but tell them in 10 seconds what 101 Dalmatians is about um, I bet you can guess and why Why did you pick this one I'm interested <laughs> to know so might need just a tad more than 10 seconds but I'll give it a go so 101 Dalmatians is a live action remake of the Disney animated film 101 Dalmatians so our romantic leads Anita and Roger have a meet cute and fall in love very quickly as do their dogs Pongo and Purdy they then go on to have 15 puppies the dogs not the people but Anita's <laughs> boss Cruella Deville makes things a bit difficult as she loves fur and she loves a black and white aesthetic so naturally she wants the puppies so she can skin them and wear them when wear their fur of course she does and she has the dogs kidnapped, hijinks ensue, but everything turns out all right in the end. And Anita and Roger are left with, in the end, 101 Dalmatians and counting. Indeed. So that's what the film is about. Why did I pick it? A few different reasons why I picked it. The main one is I do think this is a little bit underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get to that later on in the episode. I also did just kind of want to talk about it as a Disney remake, which are obviously all the rage at the moment you know they're just kind of churning them out one after another yeah and this just popped into my head one day and i was like oh shit that's a disney live action remake it is but it feels completely separate from what's happening at the moment in in that it's it's much better yeah just Um, well well in in that (laughs) there's not cgi you think what is that's some sort of nightmarish creation what's that well absolutely those things and just just the this sort of time the time that it was done. So this was still in the 90s. Mm. I do think, I, I was reading somewhere that they did a, a Jungle Book live yeah, action remake, the second remake one, yeah. in 94. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen that and I wasn't even aware of that. So I kind of wanted to pick it for that as well. And also just a tiny little personal connection as well. So the external shots of the church where Anita and Roger get married is where my mum and dad got married. Oh, wow. And my dad is called Roger. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> That's mad. So is that so? Did your mum and dad a did they get married in London or b is that church from where your mum and dad like is that from London? Is that from Wales? That church? No, no, that is in London. So, right. like, so my mum's from London originally, and dad is, yeah. dad had moved down there for work. They met, 
got married and then moved up to North Wales and had us. Uh, but yeah, my mum got so excited when we watched it for the first time. She was like, I got married in that church. I was like, mum, you're pissed <laughs> again. Let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, um, it is. My yeah, mum is pretty adorable, to be fair. She is, she is. <laughs> um, she, so it's, it's funny, yeah, because I was thinking that, because what I thought was, well, is, is this the first of the Disney re- remakes? Mm. And on one hand, it's not, because yes, they made The Jungle Book in 1994, because I think that's got Brandon Lee in it. No. Does it have Brandon Lee in it? Oh, I don't know. No. It, oh. There might Ooh. be a Jungle Book with Brandon Lee in it. But anyway, they did oh, make one in the, in, in the 90s. But... Yeah. They've made it again, haven't they? So, they so, again, yeah. so I, I think really this is probably the first one. Oh, interesting. Because otherwise interesting. you can't, you know, how many times are you going to remake the Jungle Book? Yeah, I <laughs> know. know. Endless. So, 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 yeah, so it is, it, is a, it is one of the remakes. It's just that it happened 25 years before, you know, the next one. Um, just, just so, just kind of so much longer before. So, so I'm intrigued. Like, I'd love to know the decision making process behind that. So, why? Why decide almost out of nowhere to do a live action Disney remake and why that one? And I wonder if maybe they'd seen the success of other sort of dog centric films, mm. things like Beethoven, things like Homeward Bound, although timing wise, I'm not 100% sure when Homeward Bound came out in relation to this, but I just wondered if they saw something, they saw a possibility there. There's, it was like, let's get loads of dogs on screen doing cute things, right? There's probably something in that because this is the same writer as Beethoven. Well, there you it's go. John Hughes, who also Coming did, back um, well, you know, everything in the 80s. Everything else? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, anyway so All right. you picked this had one. You, yeah, but had you, had you seen it before? I had seen it before. I oh, believe I saw this at the pictures. Oh, lovely. Um, I have a memory of this coming out. Um, obviously, it would have been like five or six, but I've definitely seen Whether I saw it at the pictures or not, I've definitely seen it before. Definitely mm-hmm. enjoyed it before. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know? I like this film. I am, I, you know, oh. I, I would say I am. I would say I am fond of this film, probably Hooray. for similar reasons to you. In yeah. the nostalgia, so having watched this again, then did it hold up for you? Did you like it? What we, what did you like about it? So I did like it, and you know what I liked about it? There's dogs in it. Yeah, Dalmatians. There's in it. there's loads of dogs. More than just Dalmatians as well. To be Mate, fair, there's so there's, a lot of there's, dogs there's dogs so many dogs. Almost yeah. every. Almost every different type of dog you can think of. Because when they have the wedding ceremony in the external shots, there's like a hundred dogs, a hundred different types of dog there. Yeah. So, so many dogs in this. Loads of really just well-trained, smart, obedient, highly skilled dogs. And they were all just fabulous. And I think the film does a terrific job at connecting you with them and creating personalities for them. And then it's not just the dogs, but there's a whole array of animals in this, mostly farm animals. And then somehow some raccoons and a sky. Yeah, who, who are obviously not indigenous to the UK, but we'll here for vacation for indeed. our for our friends across the um. pond. So just so you know, for those living in the states, we don't have raccoons and skunks here. So that was a bit of a surprise. Yep. I mean, they, they there will be some here, but I don't think they live in the wild. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, if they're here, it's here it's, by accident. It's, they're working. If anything, they're, they're... yeah, <laughs> with the animal agency. They're on a, they're on, they're on a visa. Uh, but yeah, film so stars. There are lots of dogs. If you like dogs and other animals, this is going to yeah. be up there for you. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that is obviously a huge 
it's it's a huge part of it but it's also what they do with the dogs and they you know it is so dog centric and you get so much from them similar to Beethoven where they design they they use sort of the filmic and, and cinematic techniques to design the personalities and like the the motivations behind these dogs and stuff and I just thought it did it really well I think I think it's cast really well as well so I love Jeff Daniels as Roger mm. I think he's really likable and funny and just feels really perfect for this role I really like Hugh Laurie as well I totally forgot he was in this so he plays Jasper who's like one of Cruella's goons and then speaking of Glenn Close as Cruella Deville oh my days she is just marvelous it's a hundred percent pure evil Disney villain and the entire way that she's been designed and the way she presents herself so like the costume the hair the props the language she uses the way she speaks and holds herself like just her demeanor in general is so engaging and it just totally works and I loved as well I don't know if you noticed in the opening credits she gets top billing and she's yeah, the uh, villain it was, it she gets was, top um, billing it was so that's one of my memories of this because I think we had it on DVD it's, it's all mm. her it's like she is yeah. top villain she's playing Cruella de Vil. it's all about her playing Cruella de Vil. I mean I have a big swing about Glenn Close I have a big point to make about Glenn Close in this film but anyway I'll, I'll either make it now or, or you can carry on what would you prefer yeah go on make it now do it do it do it okay here's my here's my big Glenn Close point about this film right People have won Oscars for worst performances. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's fucking great in this. Yeah. I think she's yeah. so good. She's absolutely going for it. She's not mm. even in it as much as I remember. She's in it quite a bit at the start. Then she's not mm. in it that much. And then she comes back into it again. And mm-hmm. I think she nails it. I mean, I find I found her scary when I was a kid. Yeah. I yeah, remember absolutely. thinking it was it's scary. Um, I think scarier than the cartoon as well. Yeah. Yeah, because um, obviously the, the cartoon, the, the bit that I always found scary when I was a kid in the cartoon was the bit where she's driving after them and she's sort of wild haired and her eyes are red and stuff like that, which obviously mm-hmm. they can't really do in a live action one. Not if they want to make it look real like they do in this. But I think she's brilliant in this. I think she she she, she carries so much of it. I mean, it's not you know, it's not mm-hmm. a perfect film, which which I'm sure we'll we'll get into, but it's worth it for her. Oh, I totally agree. And you know what I'd sort of forgotten as well is just how physical she's being. Mm. And like at one point she is fully covered in shit. Like she, she did she, for ages. She falls into a pool of mm. very, what seems like very, very wet manure at first yeah. and then eventually falls into another pile of slightly more <laughs> solidified manure. And she's in that, in the sort of dirty costume for quite a long time. Mm. And it looks heavy as fuck. Like yeah, it yeah. looks like it weighs a yeah. ton. And I believe that she was very insistent. So she's quite a method actor, Glenn Close, which we've touched on whether you whether you do or you don't like it. The fact is, is she did she she was in that well, obviously it's not manure, it's like I think I believe it was some sort of like molasses. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. So, so she was in that for ages, trying to nail that that look of being covered in, in shit and manure. Oh. And you know, sometimes you can really see people earning their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not mm-hmm. sure there's much that would would earn you the amount of money that some some of these these people get paid. I don't know what she got paid for this, so it might not have done. But gee, I think it's fair to say if there's a performance that earns it, this is one of them. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Totally agree. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're both there with Glenn on that. And. And so, so sort of speaking of as well, I do think there are some great stunts in this and mm. some of the ones that we just discussed there with Cruella. Uh, but some of the ones I really liked were when, so it's when Pongo starts pulling Roger along on his bicycle, like yeah. pulling him through London. And it feels like so chaotic and madcap and a bit slapstick. And it's all just quite fun, but it feels quite 
Like it feels so real. Like mm. it, and it feels. I was like, oh fuck, he's gonna fall and smash his head in because he's not wearing helmets. Obviously, none of yeah, these yeah. people. I think is Anita wearing a helmet on her bicycle? I can't remember. I don't but think Roger, anyone is. Roger's definitely not wearing a helmet. But I really enjoyed that. And obviously, with that, you get a lot of this London scenery. You do get a a lot of London scenery throughout the film. Obviously, the geography of places is a, is a bit all messed up and stuff. Like it, it doesn't make sense. But it's like, it's like any, any film made in America, in in London, particularly for. for for, you know, for all audiences, but let's be honest, a lot of American audiences, the geography's all wrong and equally it yeah. looks like nobody lives in London. <laughs> yeah. it like and it's so clean and wonderful 25 and people are in Piccadilly Circus. Just Because <laughs> yeah. you're looking at it and if you've ever known any of that films, you're looking at it going, that is three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> There's yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but I, I, it was quite, it, it's, it's sort of a little bit, it's, there's something quite, like festive for me about there like is, yeah. London at winter. There's mm. it, and obviously it's not quite the reality that it's these it's beautiful white snow and everything's you know so clean and immaculate and stuff. But it was enjoyable and I could suspend my disbelief for the film. Um, I think as well something that I hadn't really noticed before is, and this isn't necessarily a like or a dislike, but just just something I noticed was the similarities between this and Home Alone. So not only in terms of the characters Jasper and Horace, who obviously mm-hmm. remind me very much of Harry and Marv, mm. but also even some of the camera techniques and like the shots and the camera movement and stuff, and then physically some of the way that the shots were set up and the ways in which characters interacted with one another. I felt like you could really feel. Home Alone was before this, right? Yeah, so Home Alone, so Home Alone one and two in nineteen ninety, either ninety one or ninety two. Oh, can't way remember. before um, then, eh? But yeah, and again, same writer. So John Hughes wrote oh, Home it, Alone right. and, so, and wrote this, right. which is so um, you can see, you can see the, that. There's I think. A, yeah, there's a period in this. It's sort of, it, it's not necessarily a dislike. It's something I noticed, but there is a period in this of about five or ten minutes where it almost like it's almost like they just copied the script for Home Alone two. Because okay, there's the bit yeah. where the moose head falls on Hugh Laurie and the bit where Mark Williams, um, did he fall out of a window into a lake? Um, and the way it's done, I don't mean, obviously the stunts are different, but yeah. silly men getting hurt by silly things yeah. happens and it feels very similar, but yeah. it's not exactly the same. Um, it just like, I know what you mean. There's a real, there's a little hint of Home Alone in there, a little sort mm-hmm. of, a little spice little bit of little bit of spice in there of home alone and you can really get that 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 sort of uh, aftertaste almost yeah definitely i completely agree uh, so what are some of the other things that you liked about this one then so yeah a lot of what you've said there so obviously you know we touched on glenn close but again i think she's brilliant in this i think she's you know she's scary she's scary in the cartoon she absolutely owns it and i'll repeat it again for my big swing people have won oscars for worst performances <laughs> uh, yeah good cast otherwise name also, them josh yeah. name them honestly i will have a think and if i can think we'll of if, you, if you're listening to this and you can think of a performance that is worse than glenn closes as Cruella deville i want you to comment on social media or email those films on that uh, part at gmail.com because let's try and think of some performances let's get glenn justice for glenn that's what i'm saying yeah i'm here she's for never it. she's, she's for famously it. one of the most high profile actors to have never won one really despite uh. the fact that she is incredible in most of the things that, she, that yep. she's in um but anyway so yeah cast otherwise i think are great like you say jeff daniels and jolie richardson work together well as roger and anita the beigeous couple in all of london and oh, plays but they are yeah. but yeah they do work well together but my god they're beige mm-hmm. um he mm-hmm. laurie mark williams that you say as, as jasper and horace work together really well um 
Tim McKerney as well, who plays who plays is it Alfonso or Alonso, her uh, her personal Alonso, assistant. Alonso, I think it's Alonso. He's got yeah. the best line in the film, which is "What sort of sycophant would you like me to be?" Yeah, oh, um, that was brilliant. Yeah, me and Ollie <laughs> looked at each other and we were like, "That's good dialogue. That. Yeah, that's good writing. Uh, clever that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have won Oscars for worst <laughs> script." <laughs> Justice for Alonso. Um, justice for for John Hughes. The longer, the sadly departed, too young John Hughes. But anyway, so yeah, in terms of genre as well, I think there's some good, some bad. Like you say, really good cast. Um, I didn't know it was written by John Hughes until I watched it again. So I thought yeah. I, that that really framed me watching this as an adult in terms of mm. the the snappy dialogue. What sort of sycophant would you like to me? That that sort of stuff. I do think for the most part they get the balance right between something for the kids and something for the adults. It's funny. There's lots of slapstick for the kids there, and and other little you know cute dogs and other little things like that. There are moments in it where I went, that's that's weird. And, I, and, I, and there are some moments that didn't quite land, which I'll come back to. But there mm -hmm. are moments where I think, I thought, that's weird. And then you sort of think, oh, it is a kid's film, though. Mm -hmm. So, for example, mm -hmm. there's a bit where, obviously, uh, Roger and Anita have both got a Dalmatian who, who, because their Dalmatians look quite similar. And at one point, Roger takes Purdy, who he thinks is Pongo, and starts walking off with her. And Anita stops in and says, that's my dog. And to mm -hmm. check, he looks at her bits. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, that's fucking weird. She's got a collar on, mate. Why don't you look at the collar? <laughs> but when you're a kid, bits and that are funny, aren't they? Well, So you, yeah. you, you're probably going to be like, moment. oh, he's yeah. looking at the dog's bits, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, grow up, do you know what I mean? Get yeah. a life, is what I'm saying. It's not funny. There's nothing funny about bits, all right? No. Um, anyway, so that, so for the most part, I thought they got the thought they got the balance right overall. Yeah, I think there's just, I think there's plenty in there. It's warm, it's nostalgic, it's funny, it's light-hearted. A bit of something in there for, for everyone, really. Okay, then. So we'll move on to things that we perhaps didn't like about 101 Dalmatians or that we would change about it. Um, Give me a difficult on this, Alice. Have you, I, you know, I've got a couple of bits. It's not perfect, but it's not by no means an insultingly bad film. Um, what What do we think? What What don't we like about it? Not enough Dalmatians? No, I'm There is a sequel called Dalmatians? 102 Dalmatians. Okay, good. I'll pick that next week. Uh, so, so there, I do actually have quite a few things, but they're all like pretty small. Yeah, like, I've got like a, I'm a bit like that. Got yeah, like, like there's no, yeah, there's no major offenders. So the first one is, I do think Cruella is a little bit one note. Now, don't get me wrong, right? She's fantastic. She's a fantastic Disney villain. But you know, it is nice to see a villain sometimes with layers to kind of fully understand their motivations and just to create a bit more around them. But she is quite one dimensional and not too dissimilar to the bad guys in Beethoven. Mm. Like he, they're just bad. Cackling, cackling evil, yeah. evil villains. They want to shoot dogs in the head with bullets. Mm. She wants to skin dogs to wear their fur. Coats, it's yeah. it's just, it's that sort of thing. <laughs> and so I, I might have liked a little bit more sort mm. of build character development or building around her. I think the music is a bit plinky, plunky, plinky, plunky. It just, here comes the bad guys. Dom, 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 dom. It was a bit like that. It was quite consistent all the way through as well. Like it felt like it was playing all the time. So it did get a little bit annoying, but it's, 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 not out of place for a kids' film is the thing. That's exactly That's the sort of music you would expect. Well. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly the sort of thing you would expect to hear. So just moving on from that, now I've got a few points I'm going to make, right? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Most of these surround around, surround around, 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 uh, Anita's character. So... I'll share some personal news with you listeners because this is becoming a bit relevant now as because of the things that I want to talk about in relation to this film. But I am currently 20 weeks pregnant. So when Anita becomes pregnant, it was interesting then for me to hear some of the things that she says about it. So first of all, she seems to go for her first antenatal appointment on her own with Roger yeah. waiting outside, which felt really odd. But obviously, you know, they wanted to get that shot of Roger and Pongo waiting outside the doctors and the vets. So I get it, but it just wasn't believable. <laughs> and then she then says to Roger at the appointment that the appointment went well and that the baby is nice and big. So you would assume that she has had a scan done to be able to know that information because otherwise it would be difficult to know if the baby is nice and big. So we infer from that that she's at least 12 weeks pregnant, right? But then, when Cruella is questioning her later, she says that she won't be going on maternity leave for another eight months, suggesting that she's only four weeks pregnant. Now, I'm no doctor, Josh, or medical professional, but I'm pretty sure you can't tell how big a baby is at four weeks. Like, it's still like a cell. It's like, yeah. it's not really you might not much even know. of... You might not even know. Exactly. <laughs> well, you don't really, because as soon as you hit the four week mark, that's your like that's the first day of your like you know your missed period. When you, when you know you're late and all that. Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. <laughs> so I was just like, well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? And then <laughs> another thing is, so when Purdy, because we get similar scenes, obviously Pongo pulls Roger along on his bicycle, and then later on Purdy pulls 
Anita along on her bicycle and then she falls into a pond, which is the same as what Roger did earlier. And then later in the evening, she has a cold. Like, so she starts, you know, speaking and acting like she's got a blocked nose, you know, that sort of thing that you do in cinema to convey that you've got a cold. With the implication being that because she went into the cold water, that she now has a cold. But colds don't work like that. And what I will say, though, is that we do establish that the water is, in fact, very filthy. So she could be suffering from some other illness that she contracted in the pond, which could also explain the irrational decision that she makes to get engaged to a man that she just met, (laughs) which is also a little bit crazy. So I think all of this comes back to the things that you're sort of willing to believe in a film and the things that you aren't. So, like, I can believe that all these dogs are hyper-intelligent and that they spread messages cross-county and sometimes even to other species. Like, we establish those rules in the film and you just go along with it. But some of the other stuff, like getting engaged to someone on the day you meet them, is just, it's a little bit jarring because of how silly it seems. And then that just brings me on to my final point, which is I do think that some of the elements of this film are really, much more targeted towards younger audience Mm. and that the focus is on the children as opposed to the adults. So I find the script quite simplistic and obvious. The whole thing is obviously a bit cartoony and everything feels really obvious and clear to understand with no nuance, no reading between the lines, etc. So as an adult, I don't think it actually has as much to offer because of those things, but it still absolutely works as a kid's film. But I know you said earlier that you thought the balance was quite spot on. And there are moments... Mostly, mostly. But I agree there is the odd bit where it's like, why have you put that... There is literally a bit in this film where uh, Mark Williams, when they get in the van with Hugh Mm. Laurie, says something about his dick shriveling up. Yeah, a shrinky winky. Uh, yeah, something gives him a like, shrinky winky. I thought that as well. Yeah, Yeah. what a weird line to leave in. And it's similar with the... So I, I originally picked up on the thing I said about looking at, at, at Purdy's bits um, to see if she's a girl instead of a collar, which I, I sort of wrote off in my head as, well, that, you know, kids will find that funny. And also, mm-hmm. there's a really weird bit where all the puppies drink a cow's milk. Yeah, that was a bit weird. And it's just weird. It's like <laughs> no one went, weird. why have you put that in? It's strange. <laughs> so no, I completely agree. There are, it does skew a little young, which is fine because it is a kid's film. It's a family film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But obviously that means as an adult, you are much more likely to just sort of switch off whilst the kids are watching it uh, yeah. or, or whatever. No, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that, that was it for me. And they are quite small things. And mm. like none of that is going to ruin it for me, to be honest. So what about you? What are some things that you dislike um, or that you would change? Well, first of all, thanks for telling me live on the podcast that you're pregnant. Um, I know, yeah. Cheers. Surprise! But, no, <laughs> no um, obviously she told me um, at the four weeks scan. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a big, hel- it's a big yeah, healthy it was, baby. It was a bit, the doctor said it was a big baby at that point, and um, I was in there. Alice's husband was like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And I said, "Well, I just want to know if the doctor says if it's big or not." And he said, "Can yeah. you get out, please?" And then I yeah. went out, and your dog was weirdly waiting outside the vets. Yeah, she does that. She um, does which that. was next to her, which was next to her <laughs> obstetrician. <laughs> um, anyway, no, so so yeah, well, yeah. Congratulations, obviously, um, but also no. It's mostly what you said there in that the, the balance between. For kids and for adults is a little bit weird. Mm. Did think I did pick up on? I felt like some stuff was a little bit repeated from from Home Alone. So there is mm. that element of like, who's this for? I did think about two thirds of the way in, sort of once the human characters drop out of it a bit more, it became a bit more boring. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a long period where it's just dogs and dogs are great yeah. and yeah. we you know and all that, but there's just a bit where it's definitely for the kids where mm-hmm. you, you know you're watching that bit. The the only other thing is this has a, a big pet peeve of mine. So everything you've said, I completely agree with. 
there's a pet peeve of mine, which is, and we sort of touched on it earlier, US script writing in a UK setting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah. there's the skunks and the raccoons, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I can't live with is Jasper saying, get out of my truck. Mm-hmm. And then the police officer at the end saying, they're all going to the pound. Sorry, pound, mate, you talk- yeah. What are you talking about, pound. mate? What's the, what's the pound? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> no, they're going to an animal shelter, mate. That's where they're going. The pound. <laughs> what's the pound? Like, yeah. um, so that that annoys me because it's just it's just so easily fixed. Mm-hmm. Either set it in America and then you can say pound and truck all you want. Don't mm-hmm. set it in London where no one lives. Mm-hmm. Famously where no one lives. And, yeah, uh, and you say cool. truck and pound. So yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, I thought it was, you know, I do think it's good, but there are those little things that I think, and I think you probably agree, stop it from being elevated to bit more of a classic. You know, you, you're sort of your top tiers, whereas this is just, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Now I... I don't know how it did at the critical mm-hmm. reception. I don't think it's underseen because I'm fairly certain this was a fairly big hit because they did then make a sequel and yeah. it has sort of stuck yeah. around. You know, it's still on Disney Plus and, and mm-hmm. they did, you know, they made Cruella, which is a, a prequel, yes. I think, to this because she's very much the same as Glenn Close, but I haven't actually seen it yet because I saw that it was two and a half hours and I thought, what the fuck could it possibly be? Hours, what it? could possibly be in a Cruella prequel film that would mean it is two and a half hours long? Well, I, th- I think we need to find out, Josh. If Obviously you pick something. it, <laughs> <laughs> if you pick it, Alice, I will not watch it. Uh, no, no, I've not uh, seen it, don't worry. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, so, but you think it's underrated. So I think, you know, what would I give it? I think this is a solid seven. Well, what, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not... The things we were talking about in the dislikes, that's push that would push it into the eights and eight and a halves. Okay, so when I say I think that, yeah. this is a high six, low seven, so let's call it a flat seven. Okay. I think to be underrated, you're looking at anything under a you know, low six and below, really. Mm-hmm. And I think if it did get that, I think it would be underrated. It's not perfect, but I suppose would a kid now enjoy this? I think for the most part they would, oh, yeah, but I, I do yeah. think that there'd probably be some issues with attention in some bits. Okay. Yeah, I get you. If kids watching it now, the bit where all the dialogue drops out, are they going to go on their Switch or their iPad? Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Kids today, they just don't appreciate remakes of 101 (laughs) Dalmatians. So go on, lay lay the scores on me. Lay the scores on me. Rightio then. So at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets 5.7%. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 40% and the critics give it 39%. And it was that 39, Josh. It was that 39 that made me go, ouch. Um, And just just because you brought it up then, I just Googled quickly the sort of budget versus box office. The budget was 3.6 million and it made $303 million. So... A, a wonderful financial success and it's surprising yeah. that they didn't just continue with the remakes immediately <laughs> after that yeah. right with that um, sort of number i mean it's it's not underseen is it but it is no nope. for me that's underrated yeah good i'm glad because i'm not even worried average out but listening to that the threes and the fours that's I mean, harsh. It's gonna that's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a four that, that'll be like a 4.8 or something, yeah, won't something it, on like average that, yeah. so i I was I was a bit nervous because I'd sort of I'd sort of already picked it before checking the scores because I was like I wanted to pick something you know that was quite enjoyable mm. and fun for this time of year as we try to do 
And I just thought, oh yeah, that's one. And and because I'd started thinking about it in terms of Disney remakes, oh, why did this come out so much sooner than everything else? So I picked it and then I was like, oh crumbs, I should probably check the critical reception as well. <laughs> and I checked it. I was genuinely surprised. I was genuinely expecting to see sort of sixes. I'm not surprised it wasn't well received. I am surprised it was that poorly received. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, so I, I'm going to say, under, yeah, underrated, I think. Yeah, me too, definitely. 101 Dalmatians, live action remake, underrated. Well, there we go. Another film there to fight those January blues. 101 Indeed. Dalmatians, the live action remake, and we think that is underrated. But let us know what you think on social media for sure. Anyway, Josh, continuing our streak, hopefully. I hope you haven't gone for anything too dark or too traumatising, <laughs> but we try, we're trying to keep it light here for the month of January on the podcast, so do tell us, what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, we are going to be watching and talking about the Adam Sandler film, Big Daddy. Okay. okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. And we'll say no more about it. Maybe I'll say, Josh, do you want me to call you Big Daddy? Nope. That's no, not, bit not too weird. I'll stop. Not, yeah, we're not going for that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I could call you Big Mummy. I mean, that's... Uh... You can. You can now. <laughs> but, yeah. that's, that's appropriate. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but, well, you know, it remains to be seen. Will Alice have a baby or some sort of winged, hoofed creature? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, don't know. You don't know what her husband looks like. Um... <laughs> But no, obviously, congratulations from from all of us here, you know, in front of the mic, behind the mic, you know, producers, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, congratulations to Alice. You'll still be around for the meantime, though, so we're stuck with her. Uh, Yes, yes, uh, still many, many weeks to go. (laughs) Um, We will be back next week with an episode talking about Big Daddy. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. Just search for Just Films and that on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, X, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, we're on all of them. We're on Patreon as well. The link to that is in the episode description if you'd like to get a little bit of extra content for a little bit of money and free extended episodes uh, released early every Monday for a pound a month. The link is in the episode description, Films and That Pod. Uh, yeah, patreon.com forward slash films and that. Um, Alice, we're on the television as well. We? we are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So what that means is if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. And I'm also uploading all the episodes onto Daily Motion. So if you head on over there and search Just Films and that, you'll be able to see exactly what it is we're up to. Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, and we will be back next week. Goodbye from me. Cheerio! Bye, Big Daddy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 